Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers. You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. And we are cruising on Coronathon Double Deuce. That's what this is called now, Coronathon. Yeah, I didn't run that by you. I'm just declaring it. You said you like seasons? Here we go. (laughs) There's the fall, then the winter, then the corona. The corona. And then the spring. And then then the summer cram. Yeah, then the summer cram. <laughs> and then Halloween. Yes. And then Christmas. Mm-hmm. Or holiday season. And then Oscars. Yes. So that's how our year is broken down. Obviously. Did you guys follow Everybody that? knows that. <laughs> we did not need to explain. <laughs> I knew that. I don't even know why we had to tell people that. As we were saying it, I was like, this is a mistake. <laughs> for, for, for multiple reasons. reasons. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> you know what you live and you learn and then get loves exactly jk we are a pampers house i was gonna say hopefully you get likes on insta you get loves and then you get likes (laughs) yeah it's all about the likes and then you get loves (laughs) exactly duh duh everybody knows that have you been though dude what did you say to me i said how have you been why are you coming at me so aggressively (laughs) you need to think about Checking your tone, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. And I've been fine. Thank you for asking. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. What about you? How's uh, how's quarantine life? How's working from home still going? Oh, it's it's a. Uh, I'm getting over it. I'm getting over it. But we gotta we gotta push through. I'm actually getting worried for you. Oh yeah. Well, we left the last episode almost on like a cliffhanger. As I told you, uh, we got a case of the Rona in my job. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Things have changed. It's not the case anymore. Now there's three. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, I'm getting worried about Sky. I said that to uh, Brandon and Nicole. I was like, I am worried Sky's going to get it. I probably will because they will not close my job for anything ever, ever. It's never going to close through all of this. It's going to stay open. Oh, uh, that sucks. Yeah, it is what it is. I called out yesterday because I was like, you know what? My back hurts. I'm tired. Bank account was looking fine. I got sick time. Let's use it. There you go. Nice. Give myself uh give myself a little vacay in the middle of the week or the start of the week, I guess. Yeah. Swampies don't know when we record these. It could be it could be any day of the week. You have a one out of seven chance of guessing it right. Yeah. Maybe one out of six. We generally don't record on Wednesdays because that's when we release. Yeah, that is true. I never even thought about that. I'm sure somewhere along the way maybe we recorded like a Wednesday night. Like we put out an episode Wednesday morning and then record Wednesday night. Yeah. We're nearing 100 episodes. I'm sure it happened once. Especially back when we were like backlogging them like two weeks at a time. Yeah, we were good good with that shit. We were good dudes. <laughs> we were good dudes back in then when we were record twice a night. <laughs> oh, now we're just those scumbags. Those are the days. <laughs> yeah, now we're just pieces of shit flying by the seam of our pants. Exactly. But um, yeah, it's kind of hard to do it when there's no movies out. <laughs> so... Yeah, so we are finding, and uh, we talked about on the last episode possibly mixing it up, doing something a little bit different, and I guess these are different in a way, being that it's VOD streaming from home as opposed to going out to the theaters, but we got lucky. We got a few more movies we can do reviews on, a couple more that were released on VOD that are new that we can talk about, but then after that, we're going to be screwed. We're going to have to really... uh, Really reach out to the Swampies for some extra help. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm getting a little worried. We got this, we got, 
Well, I won't say what we got. People people should know what we have left because they can just go and look at what's out on VOD and be like, oh, that, those are their episodes. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, those are the only other two movies that have come out that they could possibly do. Those are the ones we're doing. Yeah. Have you been uh have you been watching any good any good movies lately? What what's, um, what's been taking up your your viewing time lately? Other than the movies we're, we're reviewing. Yeah, for movies it has just been what we got on in the chambers for right now. Like today, we're doing Emma. So I watched that the other day. And uh you know, when I wasn't feeling classy and mixing it up with the social lights of old school England and their big manners and stuff. I was watching Tiger King, baby. <laughs> Everybody's watching Tiger King. Dude, Joe Exotic sweeping the nation. You can't not talk about him. He's, he's become bigger than Corona. <laughs> I and think he's affected more, more lives. I saw a meme that was like the VP talking to Trump and he was just like, the country's in a state of hysteria. What should we do? And then Trump's just like, release the Tiger <laughs> documentary. <laughs> Yeah, that'll do it. Everybody's everyone's talking about it. It's crazy. Yeah, I've watched like maybe, maybe half of it. I'm not done with it. You got to finish it. It's worth it. I know you're not a TV guy, but this is bigger than TV. This this whole being inside and having nothing to do has actually like made me like indulge in some trash TV because I watched The Circle, which is probably like the height of like trash TV. So I watched that, and then yeah, now Tiger King. But I've been hitting a lot of good movies though. It's actually been like, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's been kind of fun actually. I mean, it should be fun, but it's like, like even like two nights ago, me, Nicole, and Brandon, we watched Eighth Grade. Oh, nice. Yeah, which was my favorite movie of the year that that came out. But we watched that, and then uh, I was like about to go to bed, and then I checked because I'd ordered movies on Amazon recently. So I was like, let me see when they're supposed to come because Amazon is now basically like separating things into like how essential they are and how like they'll prioritize your shipping. So I checked to see yeah. when they were coming, and it was like, oh, Snowpiercer and Villains got delivered to you today. And I was like, oh, shit. So I went downstairs, and they were in the mailbox, and I opened them up. But Villains was like in a weird Blu-ray case, probably because it was like, I don't know what studio made it. It was it was very indie, and I think it had a limited like Blu-ray release. But I said to Brand, I was like, can I just like put this in the DVD player for now and just like see if this is going to play or if it's legit? And then I put it in, and it was, it was legit, and then... I just got sucked in and me and him watched the whole thing. And we like, that was at like one in the morning. <laughs> oh, nice. So I watched that. I watched the babysitter the other day. Oh, nice. Was that your first time seeing it? Yeah. You've, you've told me about it. Awesome. So did you like it? Yeah. The first kill got me. I was like, Whoa, <laughs> dude, it's bloody. And it's real funny. Like she likes doing movies like that. She's like, is there a lot of violence? And do I get to be funny in it? Yeah. The answer is yes to both. She does it. She's super like charismatic. Like I'm like yeah. becoming a big Samara Weaving fan. Same Z's. But yeah, on on that Amazon tip too, dude. I just ordered some stuff from Amazon and it's not expected for like four weeks, I think. It said like April twenty eighth is when it's expected to be delivered. What did what did you uh buy? Like anything movie related or like actually essentials? No, not essentials, but not movie related either. I actually got uh this cable that I need for us to have uh, guests on the podcast because right now dope yeah the cable i have it works for us hearing each other but you don't get to hear all the cool things that my new mixing board can do like add sound effects and if we had a third person calling in you wouldn't be able to hear them so i need that cable before we can have guests on the show but for the swampies out there just so you know that is something that we are working on yeah i mean even today we put out a poll to kind of gauge interest but that's something that yeah we're working on for you know maybe some some bigger name guests and then also maybe some swampies can join the show so yeah i think that'd be a really fun thing even if it's just for like a small segment or if it's something with our patreon we're at a certain level you guys are supporting the podcast it gets you on a on an episode mm -hmm. we're, we're working on stuff so uh, very cool and i was yeah. i was wondering because i i ordered four movies and then i ordered one item for our bathroom and <laughs> The item for the bathroom came with Snowpiercer and Villains, but then the other two movies that I ordered were Blue Ruin and 1917, and 1917 was like, oh, that's not coming until like the 11th of April, oh. but I, I actually checked today, and it's coming tomorrow, so I don't know. Well, it might. I think it also goes by what they have in their warehouse, because Amazon doesn't store everything. Sometimes they are shipped by Amazon through a third party. 
It's like sold by a third party, but shipped through Amazon is yeah. really what I mean. So if it's stuff like that, I don't think that's there right away. If it's in stock in their warehouse, though, they can just ship it. Oh, uh, okay. I see. At least that's what I believe from what I read. I just thought it was weird that like villains and Snowpiercer came before 1917, which just came out. Yeah. Well, maybe those other ones have just been sitting there. Well, maybe not villains. Villains. Yeah. Villains is the the curveball through all of that because that's a uh, that's a sneaky movie to come by. But if people want to check it out, it is on Hulu right now. Yeah. Something else we did recently on Instagram, we put out uh, some Instagram stories for the Swampies to play along with. Yeah, I'm actually really enjoying those that we're doing where it's like they fill it out and then they nominate someone else. Yeah. So I, I like getting all the, like the answers in and then looking at them and stuff like that. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool seeing what people are up to. Yeah, we did the one where it was like kind of like your favorites. And then we did the other one where it was like, what movies have you seen? And we just kind of picked like some movies out of a hat. We'll probably do that again. Yeah, some of our personal favorites. They're not necessarily like, you know, AMC Top 100 or anything like that. It's not like Casablanca and Goodfellas. It's more like stuff to help you get to know the two dudes in our style. If you don't already know. If you're a Swampy and you're listening, you probably already fucking get it. So yeah. I didn't need to explain it. I was going to say, I didn't even do like my favorites. I just did like, I tried to do like a good mix of movies that I thought were good. Oh, really? You didn't do your favorites? Alien was in there. You had Blade Runner in there. Well, I did Blade Runner. I like Blade Runner 2049 better, and that wasn't in there. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I actually watched about half of Blade, the original Blade Runner last night. That was another movie that I was watching. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going to be the next movie I watch. It might be one of our next episodes will be the next movie I watch. But I do have some other things that I want to get into and go back and check out, you know? Mm-hmm. I actually saw I'm like, oh, it's like... These movies from this year are already available. Like, I think you can watch The Grudge now. So that's one that we could watch, even though I heard it's buns. Ooh, I don't know if I would want to do an episode on that. But I, I, no, no, I wouldn't want to do an episode on it. Um, I was oh, just, but saying, just to check it out. Yeah, just to check it out. But then another one, uh, I think Downhill might be available now. And then I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should I even go for this? All of, all of the F's from early in the year are coming out. Yeah. That you can watch them. Yeah, you have fun with that. I'm not I'm not going to make myself do it. We didn't throw down any gauntlet this year. I didn't say I was trying to smoke you, although I probably will. <laughs> although we all know it's going to happen. Obviously. <laughs> but I don't I don't want to like go crazy. This last year was was fucking rough. Yeah, no. Next year the book's going to be 30 pages. <laughs> probably will. I mean, one the book was a pain in the ass to make. It came out great, but it was a pain in the ass. And then, two, we just watched so, like, when I was making that, you just realized how many shit movies you put yourself through. Dude, not even just movies. How many hours we spent. And, like, when I was looking at the, uh, the grade breakdown for the year of, like, how many Fs I gave, and it was, like, 26% of the grades I gave were Fs. <laughs> like, I'm terrified to go back and add up all the run times for the Fs that I watched and be like, cool, this is how many hours I spent murdering my brain cells I, yeah, you probably watched like a month's worth of f movies <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god yeah it was bad it was a it was a rough time yeah because that's almost that's nearly 50 movies that i would have seen that were f's yeah maybe more no man it was it was bad but like we've said this year has been has been kind to us there hasn't been a lot of bad stuff and the stuff that was bad we avoided because we're not trying to like go crazy again so yeah, I think it's going to make for much happier dudes in the double deuce. Yeah, yeah. And we, you know what? The dudes need to be happy. Yeah. Because I'm a dude. Especially especially now. We deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> we earned this. <laughs> we Honestly, we have. If anybody gives us shit for not seeing every movie this year, because last year we were pretty, uh, pretty in-depth. And if you look at the book, you see just how in-depth we were. But anybody gives us grief for taking it easy this year, uh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I like saying we did, we did our best. I like saying we earned this because it just reminds me of some like privileged rich prick getting in his top down. He's like, honey, let's ride with the top down today. I think we've earned this. <laughs> <laughs> Should I send Maria home early? <laughs> no, she loves to sweep. <laughs> Um, that's probably actually a conversation that's happened. 
It's happening right now. <laughs> Joffrey, have you finished your homework? <laughs> yes, mama. Papa, can I play with Legos later? Legos are kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not going to play. Are you still being the dad at that point? Like he just changes his tone completely. Ah, Legos are kind of cool. Yeah, Legos are kind of cool. You know what? Dab me up. Let's let's build some shit. <laughs> Ciao, dad. <laughs> That's that's how that conversation went. They have like three accents. <laughs> they change characters <laughs> each sentence. Oh, I will. Hello, Gavna. <laughs> oh man, it's good to be back on the futon. Are you on the futon right now? No. Oh, me neither. I can see. R.I.P. Futon. Oh, you can see. It. <laughs> I can see my futon from here. Far less impressive. It's not a futon anymore. the The move made it a bed. <laughs> It was a bed before you moved. I know, but then I tried to fix it the night before the move, and I broke it more. <laughs> nice. So pretty soon it's going to be a mattress on the floor. Which I think like that's been like a a running thing the last couple of episodes is something breaks of mine, so I try to fix it, and then I just break it more. Yep. <laughs> so you think you would learn? <laughs> this is why I told you to stop trying to fix my toilet. <laughs> I was, I was like well I was like the water's not going down and you're like alright I fixed it but now the problem is it's always shooting up <laughs> it's a forever bidet <laughs> the bidet bit in the last episode was amazing oh with the uh, the butthole shower yeah it's, uh, it's gonna be hard to pull away from that you know especially given the times yeah. honestly I'm getting close to it right now <laughs> gonna have to go to the store and see if anybody uh Everybody's got some TP. <laughs> I like that you call it TP. Yeah. What else do you want me to call it? Some fucking, some fucking shit wipes. <laughs> that's, 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 the company Bring is just, butthole paper. Yeah. The, the company is just like, oh, you see, Charmin is making some some shit wipes. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, two ply. Nice. These are nice shit wipes you got. <laughs> Two-ply two butthole paper. <laughs> I got five reams of butthole paper. <laughs> <laughs> These are some of the finest anus towels I've seen. <laughs> Duke strips. <laughs> Duke strips. Uh, those are what you put on your teeth to make them brown, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like a opposite. If you're playing like a pirate or like a hobo, you got to get Duke strips. Yeah, you got to get Duke strips. I heard Reese Darby had to get a couple Duke strips for his role in Guns Akimbo, which we talked about last week. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right, so I put these Duke strips just right here on one teeth. Oh, man. I like this. We should be writing these ideas down. We should change this to our invention podcast. Back from episode one or whatever the fuck it was. Episode one brought it in the idea of the uh, bunk bed futon. So, I mean, yeah, we've been inventing things since the get go. Yeah, it's always been like a like a subplot to our show. Yeah, we're a movie podcast, but we're also inventors and geniuses. This is just a way for us to workshop some ridiculous shit. Yeah, we're multifaceted. We do a lot of things. We're icons. We are, you know friggin what's the word I'm looking for I don't know what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) you know the word you know what I'm thinking about though we're pioneers yeah we are that we're definitely pioneers (laughs) but we're we're more than that we're we're so much more than that well we're dudes yes first and foremost and then we are also, you know what I mean? Um, Sure. We're like sex icons of our generation. That's what I was thinking, actually. That was that was what I was thinking. There it is. Yeah. I, honestly, I'd say we're up there. Like if there's like a top uh, 50,000, we'd be in the mix. Yeah, I would agree. I, I could see it. For like sex icons of the movie podcast industry where there are two male hosts. <laughs> Actually, if we got that specific, I'd be comfortable saying we're in the top 10%. Oh, for sure. Bro, you don't even have to say it. 
Yeah. If we, if you took, took a poll of all the podcasts for two male hosts, two dude hosts, where they review current movies and sometimes old movies, and you, you list them all out, police lineup style or whatever, and you go, number six, do a little spin for me, and we were number six, they'd be like, those are the guys. <laughs> They're fucking sex icons. Like how they... You just look at him. You're an icon. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, thank you. <laughs> That's what my mom's always said. She's always been like, son, you are a sex icon. icon. <laughs> well, what do you want from me? We did grow up in a trailer park. Whoa, man. That was crazy. No slight on people who grew up in trailer parks and also had sexual relations with their mother. I was going to say, if you, apparently, if you grew up in a trailer park, you had very uh, loving parents. Or at least one of them. <laughs> oh, man. What are we talking today? Honestly, I forgot. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Do you want me to take this? Full disclosure, we're recording two episodes tonight, and I remember one movie. Oh, oh, no. I do know what we're talking about. All right. Obviously, I know what we're talking about. I'm a professional. We are talking about Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, yeah, we are. Um, Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) We are talking about the Life Aquatic, the Steve Darjeeling Kingdom of Dogs. (laughs) We're talking the French Dispatch, motherfucker. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's the one. Oh, my bad. (laughs) From West Anderson. Yes, yeah, West Anderson. <laughs> yeah, most of you might remember his brother, the Wicked Witch of the East Wenderson. <laughs> East Wenderson? <laughs> it's not even the same last name. <laughs> also, full disclosure, I've been drinking. <laughs> now, we're talking the French Dispatch, which is the new Wes Anderson film. So. Yes, we talked about... On a recent episode, we had no idea how we were going to work this into the trailer park, and we figured it out. We're just going to talk about it because we want to. I think this movie actually has a tie to the movie that we're going to talk about, but we won't get into that yet. Are you excited for this? Because I think in general you like Wes Anderson, but you did not like Isle of Dogs. That is true. I did not like Isle of Dogs. I have not seen Grand Budapest. I do want to see that before this movie comes out. And Isle of the Dogs, I don't know if it was... It wasn't exactly the story that made me hate it. I, I didn't like the animation style, and I don't think the story was saving it. But maybe in a different context, I'd enjoy it. But I like a lot of what I've seen from Wes Anderson. Darjeeling Limited's another one. I don't think I've seen the entire thing. I've seen parts, bits and pieces of it. But I love like Life Aquatic. I loved Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaums, like. His career has a lot of really good stuff in it, and he has a very specific style. But I also think that style is growing old on me. So I want to see this, but I also want to see something different from him. Yeah, I kind of get what you're saying, but I I really love his films, and I love his style. And I feel like a lot of that comes down to, like, not many people can actually shoot a film the way that he shoots a film. You know what I mean? Yeah, people try. People try, yeah. I, I always feel like his movies just look so much better than most movies. Like there's only a few people that I feel like can let, you know, hold a candle to like what he does. But I mean, if you look at his last few films, at least the ones that he was a director on, like Isle of Dogs scored at a 90, Grand Budapest Hotel was a 91, uh Moonrise Kingdoms a 93, Fantastic Mr. Fox is a 92. Whoa. Yeah, like honestly, The Life Aquatic and Darjeeling are his two lowest scoring films. What's Life Aquatic? 56. No. Yeah. Life Aquatics of 56. Life Aquatics 56? Life Aquatics of 56, and then Darjeeling is uh, a 68. Okay. I can't really speak to Darjeeling too much, but Life Aquatics is a shocker. I thought people loved that movie. Also, that's that's like a prequel to The Lighthouse, because Willem Dafoe's in Life Aquatic. I, I mean, just assumed that that's where he went after Life Aquatic. I was going to say, Willem Dafoe's in basically all these movies. <laughs> well, yeah. Almost all of his movies are like at a 90 or like right there. So, I mean... It's hard to argue with his career. He's had a he had a great career, but I actually really love the animation style of Isle of Dogs. But I when I saw that movie, I was like, I liked it, but I knew it wasn't for everybody. So yeah, when you you said you didn't like it, I was like, yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah, it feels like it's 
like a like a skit on a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah. Or Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Do you want do you want to get into this trailer? Yeah, let's check it out. It began as a holiday. Eager to escape a bright future on the Great Plains, Arthur Howitzer Jr. transformed the series of travelogue columns into the French. You immediately get the Wes Anderson color palette on the subjects of world yep. politics, all the buildings and like the, arts, the way shots are laid out too. Diverse stories of human interest. You don't think yeah. it's almost too seedy this time? No, I don't. For decent people it's supposed to be charming. He assembled a team of the best expatriate journalists of his time: Berenson, Sazer. Crements, Roebuck, Wright. These were his people. Just try to make it sound like you wrote it that way on purpose. He knows how to build an ensemble, too. I'll give him that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I didn't bring it up, but I'm so excited for this cast. The loudest autistic voice of his rowdy generation. Simone Naked Cell Block J Hobby Room. I want to buy it. It's not for sale. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes. In short, the picture was a sensation. Kids did this. Obliterated a thousand years of Republican authority in less than a fortnight. What do they want? Freedom. Full stop. <laughs> I'm naked, Mrs. Kremitz. The shell. I can see that. Yeah. Lieutenant Nescafier. I'm excited to see him in this. the great exemplar of the mode of cuisine known as police yeah. cooking. There's, there's three in particular that I'm like, very the excited the kitchen for. Cast a spell. Which was to be there's like a hundred I'm into. You know by now, we have oh, I mean, there's a hundred that I'm into, but there's three which can be kind of newcomers for a reason. There's a film that I'm excited for. Oh, is, uh, is that Saoirse Ronan? Yeah, Saoirse Ronan's one of them, and then Elizabeth Moss is another one. Yeah. Dude, this cast is crazy. Leaves driver, Christoph Waltz. A message from the foreman. One hour to press. You're fired. Really? Don't cry in my office. Yeah, man. I'm really into that. Yeah, I'm very hopeful that that's going to be rad. One thing I'm curious about, because it looks like it's a bunch of different short stories, kind of. Like, they're journalists for a newspaper company. And the moments in the movie are like collections of their stories. At least that's what I'm getting from it with the titles that were popping up and stuff. Oh, okay. I wasn't even picking that up. I could be wrong. That's what I thought it was going to be. I get my question, and maybe it's not relevant if that's not what it is, but my question was, I'm wondering if all the short stories are going to tie into each other because it looks like they're all shot a little bit different. Like you got one that's in black and white. So yeah, I'm wondering if they're going to tie into each other because... Sometimes you have movies that do that where it's a bunch of like stories that are off on their own and then they merge in the final act or they don't like the Ballad of Buster Scruggs just came out that, two years ago. They were just five short stories and that was it. Yeah, I think he would piece it together as one story because if you think about it, Royal Tenenbaums is very much like that where you're kind of following each family member's story, but they're obviously all interconnected. So I think he's good at that style of storytelling. So this might actually be more reminiscent of that movie, more so than any of the other movies he's done in recent years, mm -hmm. which I'd be okay with. Cause like I said, I love that movie and I do like a lot of his movies. And this cast is, is so awesome. Like some of, some of the people we talk about the most on this show are all in this movie. Yeah. The cast is insane. I mean, the cast on most of his movies is already insane. You know what I mean? Elizabeth Moss, Timothy Chalamet, and Saoirse Ronan are like my top three just because I've seen a lot of the other people in a Wes Anderson film, but right. I'm still super excited. Like you said, I mean, Edward Norton's in here, Tilda Swinton, Christoph Waltz, Bill Murray, uh, Willem Dafoe, Benicio Del Toro, Owen Wilson. Benicio Del Toro, I'm really excited to see. I love him in oh. like a comedic thing. Like he's so funny. I was going to say, Frances McDermott's also in this, which is awesome. Yeah, she's great. But yeah, no, I... I really like Benicio Del Toro. Adrian Brody's another one. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, the cast is great. This is probably going to be one of those like movies where like, it's going to be hard to top the cast on this movie. Yeah, for sure. Already pushing for a best ensemble. Now, I guess uh, the one thing that I want to ask you, do you think this movie's going to be super pretentious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. That's kind of one of the things I don't love about Wes Anderson now. It's just... 
I understand having a style, but I'd say even Tarantino, he has a style, but he changes it up. Yeah. He adapts in, I, I don't watch like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and feel like I'm looking at Pulp Fiction. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he he's grown his style. He's adapted over the years and even like his style of story writing has changed slightly. Like he still does the nonlinear storytelling, but things have changed, whether it's subtle or not. And I don't see that same thing from Wes Anderson. I just see it as a recycling. Like he's got his thing that he does and he just does it in every movie. He just changes the context of the characters. Yeah, I feel that. Even in this, a lot of the humor in the trailer and stuff like that and the way it looks, it reminds me a lot of Grand Budapest, which is, I mean, it reminds me of a lot of all of his other movies. But I feel like in particular, this it looks a lot like that. So I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I just find Wes Anderson pretentious anyways. Yeah. Even though I like his movies, I still find them pretentious. I'm going back right now and looking at it. And when the text pop up, pops up, it says story number one, story number two, story number three. So I, yeah, I think it is three different short stories that people for this this newspaper are writing. That's cool though. Yeah. I can dig on that. It would be nice to see him see something different like that. Yeah. That's why I think there's so many A-listers in this. I mean, he normally has a lot, but I feel like for whatever reason, I just feel like there's more than usual in this. And that might be because each story is hitting like, you know, five A-listers. Right. For me, and then probably for a lot of film lovers, this is probably in your top five, top 10 most anticipated for the year. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Do we know when this is coming out? I'm sorry, did it say? I don't remember. It's, it's supposed to come out July 24th. Okay, so we'll see. Yeah, two days before my birthday, so hopefully there's movies. Before. Nobody gives a shit. Well, I was going to say, I hope that there's movies then. Oh, yeah, I hope too. Not for your birthday's sake, but for my sake. <laughs> Last year, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out on my birthday. Nice. Yeah. I usually have a movie that comes out on my birthday. The last movie I remember came out on my birthday was, I think, Pineapple Express. It's perfect. Well, yeah, especially back then. <laughs> you got anything else on this? I don't. Let's get the French out of here. <laughs> the French. <laughs> All right. We are talking Emma. Yep, Emma, which I have no game for because how do you pun Emma? Um, hmm, I don't know. I'm not creative. Me neither, and that's why we're here. <laughs> that's why we're already going to talk about the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, so Emma, in parentheses, 2020, because this is like the one millionth version of this story. <laughs> Most people have probably either seen the 1996 version that had Gwyneth Paltrow in it, or... I think most people have definitely seen Clueless and they just don't know that Clueless is an Emma adaptation. Right. I didn't know that until uh, bef right before watching this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that until real recent because then I was looking into Emma before watching it and then found that out and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. All right, Jane Austen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a few things that are cool about this version of Emma. I think the one thing that's that's probably like the coolest is that the novel from Jane Austen is like one of the most well-read like novels by a female writer and it goes back all the way to the 1800s and it was a female writer with a female protagonist and this is actually the first film adaptation that has a female director and writer on it. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Dude, I wanted to bring it up. I don't know. I, I think I told you or I mentioned it to you off mic, but I don't know if I brought it up in an episode. If it wasn't for the shutdown, social distancing, all that, the movies right now would be dominated by women. Like yeah. in theaters, it would be dominated by women because you had The Hunt, which is female led. And even your your protagonist and your antagonist are both uh, women. Mm hmm. Then you had The Invisible Man, which was basically you're just watching Elizabeth Moss fucking kill it for the whole time. Granted, not, you know, female directors and stuff, but you, it's just women crushing the box office right now. Quiet Place too, and that's, you know, John Krasinski's not oh. in it. It would have just been Elizabeth, I mean, um, Emily Blunt's show, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought that was very cool. I also just thought it was, like, funny that it's, like, maybe not funny, but it's just ironic that it's this female writer's story that's female led and then all these dudes are just like let me take this <laughs> <laughs> i got it from here I got it. but no, i thought that was really cool so uh but autumn dewild is the director on this movie this is actually her feature film debut which i was really surprised oh. by all right yeah i'm surprised hearing that now yeah and then eleanor caton is the the writer and this is also her first screenplay 
Whoa. Two noobs. A <laughs> um, couple of noobs. A couple of noobs. But yeah, it's based on Jane Austen's uh, novel. And I mean, it's pretty, pretty true to it. I've never read it, but I know a lot of the differences. And there's some some cool differences in this one from from like the other movies and stuff like that. Anya Taylor-Joy, she plays Emma. She's in mainly like dark shit because she's in The Witch and Split and Thoroughbreds and Glass. Yeah. And she's in Edgar Wright's film coming out later this year, Last Night in Soho, which I'm super excited for. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Dude. You know, minus how we felt about Glass, like the the movie she's in her killer and she's always killer in it. Yeah. No, she's one of my favorite young actresses right now. Like most of the things she's in are are excellent. And then Mia Goth, who plays uh, Harriet, she's also in like a lot of like good stuff or at least a lot of darker stuff. I wasn't huge uh, on A Cure for Wellness, but the Suspiria remake was pretty cool. And High Life was weird as shit, but she was good in High Life also. And at least Highlight yeah. had like the balls to be like very out there. Very out there in deep space. It's funny because this is like a satire and it's very colorful and stuff. And your two like female leads in this movie are normally in like really dark movies. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Flynn plays Mr. Knightley. He was in Beast uh, in Crusade and Jeans. And then Bill Nye plays Mr. Woodhouse. And I mean, he's in a shit ton of stuff. Stuff from our King our of the podcast. Vampires, baby. From yeah, Underworld. I was going to say from our podcast, he was in Detective Pikachu. <laughs> That's right. He was Mewtwo. Yeah. But, uh, you yeah, know, spoiler, good, I guess. Good, good cast on, on this movie. Yeah, no, definitely. And I wasn't super familiar with a number of them. And it's interesting hearing that, like, this director, this writer is all new. And it's a lot of fairly fresh faces. And then, I mean, I mean Bill Nye, he's been in like 100,000 things. But besides him, it's like everybody else only has like few real credits under their belt. And uh, it didn't feel like I was watching a movie that was early career from any of these people. Yeah, there's people that like like Johnny Flynn. He has a lot of stuff on his IMDb, but a lot of it is like TV and stuff that he was like, you know, an extra in or like smaller stuff. Like, I feel like a lot of people in this movie are like waiting to break out kind of. I mean, Anya Taylor-Joy has now, and I think Mia Goth has, but there's a lot of people in here that I think you are going to see show up in more stuff down the road. Yeah. I like that this is really an Anya Taylor-Joy movie, though. And so was The Witch, really. She was the focal point of that movie, too. Mm -hmm. But in terms of, like, the other ones, she's not as much. Well, no, maybe, maybe. Because Thoroughbreds is kind of her movie, but, like... She, really, I felt like Thoroughbreds was was really uh, mixed. Like, I didn't think that she was really the centerpiece to that movie. Maybe she's not the centerpiece, but she's one of two main characters, and there's only like three characters in that whole movie. <laughs> so, well, then she's doing a great job for herself and making sure that she has prominent roles in movies. Because that's another thing that's crazy is you usually see people taking like the best friend character or sidekick characters well well before they start becoming a a leading role, and she really did not wait to to jump to that she's uh she's she's making a really good name for herself yeah i know i'm not and i'm pretty sure you are not fans of period pieces no so i'm trying to take that out of the equation of like my review for the movie my taste but this movie if you're not a fan of period pieces i feel like this movie is like very unapologetically a period piece yeah, very much so. Because there's even some that we've done like recently, like, like we did Little Women. And Little Women, compared to this, doesn't feel nearly as like period PC. Do you do you feel that? No, definitely. But I think that's because Little Women, it doesn't spend so much time with the upper class. Yeah. So you don't get a lot of like that aristocratic pageantry. Yeah. You get some of it. There's scenes, but you're not overburdened by it. And also Little Women, the story itself feels very modern. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this story doesn't feel as modern. I mean, it's weird because in theory, it is it is a fairly timeless story because it's just about like intermingling and like relationships and gossip and all that stuff. And that's why they adapted it into Clueless because it, it makes sense in like a high school setting in the 90s in California. Like it can be that and still be based on the same novel but yeah this really soaks you in it and Megan is also not a fan of period pieces and she would see me I was watching it on my computer 
And she would walk in, look at what I was watching, and just go, oh, barf, and walk out of the room. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's just like, I hate the way that looks. And I'm like, I get it. Oh, wow. Well, I was going to say, like, I love the way this movie looks. Like, if you want to just go on the visuals of it. Oh, dude, it's insane. Like, because that's what I was telling her afterwards. I was like, I don't like that style, but it's done very well in this. Like, the color palette that they're working with, like, they're very consistent. And, like, the set designs and even the way they move through the rooms to show you the full scope and landscape of of each scene, like, it's very well done. Yeah, I I thought the uh, the look of it was amazing. Like, I love the color, how colorful it is and vibrant. And, you know, you talk about, like, world building. You know, it, it really puts you in that aristocratic, like, olden day, you know, time period. So I, I was all about that. And the way the camera moves in a lot of scenes, I was all about. And when I, you know, we were, I was saying I felt like this movie is a little Wes Anderson-y. I really liked, like, the title cards of, like, the seasons that are, like, interspersed throughout, like, the acts and stuff. I thought that was very, like, Wes anderson I liked that. Oh, yeah. But just in general, like, the overall, like, aesthetic of the film, I thought this was probably the best-looking film I've seen so far this year. I'll say that. Yeah, definitely. Because it goes beyond just the set design. It's how what you do with the set, and I think that's they navigate that very well in this movie as well. Yeah. Because I think there's other movies that have a lot of eye candy from this year. And even though this isn't our style, I think the craft that went into it and the way they utilize it throughout, I think is is done very well, which is also why it's very surprising that it's like first time director, because I think it takes an eye, especially when you're working with such a uh, colorful palette and a lot of pastels and stuff to know how to light that properly, to know like where you need to have the camera set up. And like, I think the costume design plays really well into that too, by not being also super bright. Like I think there's a good contrast there. Like I think there's a lot of moving pieces to work around as opposed to having a more drab set or something a little bit more run down. Like I don't think little women looked bad in any way, but it's definitely not as colorful. It's like a little bit more, of like neutral tone version of the same essential period. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think as a contrast to those two movies, like it's almost like one is autumn and one is spring. And like, this feels very spring. This feels very bright and colorful. And I think that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Little women was, was not trying to be as like grandiose as this. Also little women, I think was more deliberate with certain colors because every character in little women has their own color palette, like in terms of what they wear and like, stuff like that this i think is just more like an explosion of color because there's you know a lot of highfalutin you know rich people shit everywhere but uh, you know one thing you you mentioned the costumes and stuff like that like i thought they did a great job with that not just in terms of like making some of them you know you know very over the top and making her look super wealthy but even the you know the the lower class people like your friend harry and stuff you can tell where people are in in terms of like their place in society just based on what they're wearing in this movie oh dude how about that scene early on with the guy (laughs) having the other guy dress him yeah (laughs) dude wet socks when he put those the socks in the basket thing and then he rolled them up his leg i was like Ugh, it's my least favorite feeling in the world. Hands down, wet socks, fucking miserable. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that is awful, <laughs> dude. At one point, because I was right, because right in my notes and everything, and I'm like, man, this looks really nice. Everything looks super pretty, but I would hate to have been born in these times, just because like I'm not a fan of it, anyways. But then also like knowing my luck, I'd be born into a poor family, and I'd be the fucking cuck. Who's putting on wet socks on this dude while he's hanging dong in my face? <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> let me just stop laughing and then I'll say what I was going to say. <laughs> I actually thought this was like kind of interesting because you watch a lot of like older, like you watch like these period piece movies and a lot of them are kind of like, man, like it must really have sucked to have been like a woman back then because they have to wear like all these like super elaborate things like corsets and stuff like that. But like, this is like one of the first times I've ever seen a movie where it was like, yeah, man, it actually kind of sucks being a dude. Like this clothing back then just sucked ass. <laughs> yeah. For everybody across the board. So I, th- I thought that was like interesting. Cause I'd never seen that before. 
or at least like them bring light to it a little bit. Yeah, no, me neither. Was not expecting dude butt so early in this movie. I wasn't either, and I knew this was PG thirteen. Is it PG thirteen or is it PG? I can't. I don't know. But I was like, no, no it's PG. It, yeah, it's it's PG. And I was like surprised because you guys want some good PG dude butt. There's dude butt, and then there's side butt. <laughs> so, <laughs> as we all wish. I like it. We're breaking down this classic novel. We're like, let's talk about the the butt. Let's <laughs> talk about the butt and the wet socks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we have our priorities in line yeah man i uh i thought that that was kind of cool what did you think of like the comedy in this movie i liked it yeah. i think we i mean we talked about it a lot on this show and i've said it a lot but i like a dry sense of humor and it makes sense that this would be prevalent in a movie like this taking place in britain that style of humor is very is very much like a british style or at least a style that's been like mastered in britain yeah. So I was I was into that. Bill Nighy, easily the funniest guy in the whole movie. Yeah, he was great. I was I was cracking up at like every every bit the like when they keep going to sit down, but then he'd start talking to him again and the guy would like stand back up. Mm-hmm. Simple things like those, those little things. Uh I really like that. The comedy in this movie in some ways reminded me of the comedy in uh the Paddington movies, the ones with the the bear. Okay. Well, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of it is kind of almost like poking fun at like the politeness of like British culture in some ways, but the, there's just so many parts that like I, I didn't think any part in this movie was like laugh out loud hilarious, but there was a lot of parts that like made me smile or made me chuckle cuz I thought they were like well written and they were like funny. And also just like the Emma character I, I agree. I thought Bill Nye's character was definitely the funniest, but the Emma character that like funny because the person is so ridiculously sh- selfish type thing. Yeah. That always like makes me laugh at just like the absurdity of like, how are you this like dense type thing? And I thought she was really funny. There was, there were so many times where she was doing something and I was just like, you're a bitch. <laughs> 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 so. Yeah, dude. I mean, I can't, I can't speak highly enough on ATJ because I think this movie, out of what I've seen from her, is the most different I've seen her be in a movie. Well, you know, that's why I really liked seeing her and Mia Goth in this movie because, like I said, they're normally in like darker films. And I thought this was kind of like this really showcased what they can do, or at least just their range, because like she was phenomenal in like Split and like The Witch and stuff like that, but. I felt like this was like, oh, wow, they can do more than that. Like, you can really see their range here. Yeah, and I think her characters in the other movies are very subdued and very stoic. And in this, she had to be different. She had to be emotional and she had to be, she had to showcase a little bit more than I've seen her have to do. Because even Thoroughbreds, she plays like a very, you know, stone-faced Yeah, she's kind of like introverted in that movie or like at least like internal with all of her emotions. Yeah, you know, I I really liked seeing both of them in this because it was different, and I I really like both those actresses. And now I feel like if you see this, you're like, oh wow, they can they can do a lot of different things. Like I think this movie is going to be huge for both of their careers. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I think it will be though. Assuming people are doing the VOD thing. Yeah, I mean, people within the industry definitely are. Everyone everyone takes notice. You would hope at least. Yeah. A few, if we're talking about the comedy and stuff like that, a few parts that like really made me laugh. Like I, I think were some of the, I really like the part you were just talking about where they were like going to sit down. They kept standing up and stuff. The part that I thought was so awkward, but funny was the part with the frame with the framed uh, illustration that she did. Oh, of Harriet. dude. Mr. Elton is such a creep. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was such that a, dude is such a weirdo. I also I, I liked him a lot. He was funny. Yeah. But man, I was like, dude, you got to get punched in the face. <laughs> I thought I thought this, though. I was like, is this how they sent dick pics to each other? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this. I made you the most fabulous frame <laughs> for my penile picture. <laughs> they just open it up and it's just, oh. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> but yeah, no, that that part made me laugh. And then I don't know why. I just thought again, it was just like, man, <laughs> you're an asshole. But when she's like sexy eating that strawberry or whatever it is towards the end of the movie, when she's looking at Mr. Knightley, I thought that was hilarious too. Yeah, there's a lot of subtleties to this movie. And I like that stuff. Do you want? I definitely want that draft blocker. Like just that big thing of wood. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought that was really funny. My knees are cold. My knees are cold. <laughs> he just says two dudes run out with a giant like thing of wood. Just put it in front of his legs. <laughs> <laughs> Is that better? 
That's what we need to get to. We're, we're getting there. We're working on it. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Because last week you asked me about the music from Guns Akimbo and how I felt about that. How did you feel about the music in this movie? Um, I liked it. There's a few parts that I didn't necessarily felt like they fit, but overall I I did enjoy it. It wasn't it didn't really stand out for me, but I I thought that it, it did its job. Why was there something for you? Yeah, it stood out for me because I thought it fit perfectly. It made sense. I understand time period and everything. I fucking hated it. Oh, really? Yeah, not because it was ruining the movie or it was it was out of place or anything. It was just I hate that music. See, there was there was one moment in the movie where I felt like everything was very consistent, and then there was one moment in the movie where it felt like they were like playing almost just like a contemporary like song, like it, not like a newer song, but it definitely seemed like it was something that didn't fit the time period, and that threw me off. Like most of the stuff music in the movie is more orchestral, and there was just this one moment where I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> That was the only time that it like really got me. Otherwise, like if fit the time period, I thought it was fine. It didn't stand out to me as like this is like almost adding another character in the movie. It just felt like it was just like accentuating the time period. And I mean, I'm not going to listen to that that type of music, but yeah, you know, it didn't bother me because I knew what I was watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I tried to not let it bother me. But man, did I fucking hate listening to it? <laughs> Like couldn't headbang at all. I hated hearing it. It, it would drive me crazy. Like I'd be hearing it, and it, cause it's like harpsichord and freaking like kind of like cathedrally. Like it, it's it had like a religious undertone to some of the songs, which again I get it, and if and it fits very well. But holy shit, man, I was I was not having it. I think that's more like you know personal preference type thing. No, it definitely is. That's that's why I tried to preface and say that like I get why it's there. I don't think it's I don't think it's bad or it's poorly done. I just hate listening to it personally. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't something that like stood out to me really, one way or another. I just felt like it was there. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I don't know how much else you want to go into this. A couple like smaller negatives that I have, I feel like some of it is definitely based on how the book is. But one thing that like kind of bothered me a little bit was early on in this movie, they throw a lot of characters at you and you don't know what their relationship is to each other and stuff like that. And at least for the first maybe like 20 minutes or so, it was it was a little difficult for me to like get my bearings of who was who and stuff like that. Yeah, it it doesn't allow you in right away. Yeah. And like, I kind of feel like it's that way for a little bit of the movie. Like I was trying to catch up from the beginning because I felt like it was a little bit rushed and I think in general some of the storytelling is a little rushed in like the spark that kind of sets off the feelings between Emma and Mr. Knightley granted I know those feelings were there the whole time but like the moment like when they dance and stuff that just felt like very quickly it was kind of like they argue and then all of a sudden they were both just like actually I love you let's get married <laughs> and then and then yeah. even like the ending of the movie they get married and then it ends like I, this, these are spoilers, but, <laughs> but <laughs> now we'll yeah. say, but, uh, you know, you know what I meant? Did, did you feel that at all or no? No, definitely. Because I, I had that same thing. Cause I right out the gate when they're mean to each other, I'm like, Oh, they're going to fall in love by the end of the movie. And then it was like the next scene. It's <laughs> like, Oh, okay. They're going to do it now. Yeah. It, but it happened very quickly. But also why is it back then? No one is ever just like, hey, like you want to go get dinner with me or like go watch a movie or something. It's always just like, I'm going to marry you. Because <laughs> it was like the same thing in Little Women. And I also love the style of matchmaking back then because guys really had like a take what you can get policy. Oh, yeah. Because by the end of it, I didn't know who the guy was who she was pawning off on her friend. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Was it Frank Frank Churchill, the like the sexy dude? Yeah, I guess so. The one the one that she assumed Harriet was in love with. There were so many guys in and out that I was like, I don't know who the fuck is who anymore. They're all just British guy number one, British guy number two, British guy number three, and then mutton chops. <laughs> the the like Mr. Elliot and like is it Mr. Martin was the other one? I think so. Yeah, like those two like blended together a little bit for me, and then like Frank Churchill a tiny bit. He was the guy who was a prick, right? And was they went on like that picnic together. Yes. 
with everybody. Frank, Frank Dude, Churchill I felt was so-, so bad in that scene. Oh yeah, that 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 scene had a lot of like uncomfortable <laughs> tension. Dude, it crushed me. I felt so bad because <laughs> like I'm a mean guy, but like that's like mean. Yeah. <laughs> like yes. I'm fun mean. <laughs> I'm a good time mean. Yeah. <laughs> in general, and again, I think a lot of that is how it is in the book. So it's like hard to really blame the movie if it's being true to the source material, but maybe you could have added a few things or like just like I don't know, just made it like five minutes longer or something. Just just to give me a little bit more time to get in with the characters and stuff, because Dude, longer. It's already two hours and twelve minutes. It see, it didn't even feel. If I felt like it was uh, shorter than that, I didn't. I felt every minute of it because of the goddamn music. Oh, <laughs> I felt like, like I kept a, checking. I'm like, how long do I have to listen to this? I'm like, I'm only in spring. I will say the movie that we are doing next was way shorter than this, and I that I felt I felt every minute of that one. I checked how long, how much time was left, like 15 minutes into that. <laughs> oh, dude, I can't wait to do that one. So, um, so many notes, but, but you know what? Like in, in general though, I think this is, this is a really strong movie. I do too. And I don't want to sound like I'm just duking on it because of the soundtrack. Uh, I am, but I don't want it to sound like I am. Because I didn't think this was a bad movie in the slightest. Like, I think the writing was strong. I think the, like, the costume design, set design, like, the whole aesthetic that they built was unique and very well done. And I couldn't find, like, a bad actor in the bunch. Like, some characters were very over the top, but that was intentional. So I, I really can't find a lot of technical negatives. It really all boils down to like my personal preference. And I think that's going to be reflected in my grade in the end. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm trying to not put my personal preference in the grade. I couldn't help it. Couldn't yeah. do it. I thought about it and I, cause really it came down to like, I know what I should grade it at, but then I was also like, how do I feel about it? I don't think I'll ever rewatch this movie. I, I might though. I would sooner rewatch Little Women. I mean, I think Little Women's better than this, but I mean, I love Greta Gerwig, so yeah. I was gonna say though, like the way that I've kind of figured it out for myself is like when we do the reviews, I'm gonna review it based on how good of a movie it is. But when we do our rankings, that's more when my personal preference will come into it. Yeah, because I I've been ranking as we go, so I actually looked at my rankings and I was like, I'm gonna put you here, but doesn't doesn't reflect the grade so much but yeah. the movie itself like kind of like the ending i didn't get like teared teared up or anything but like i did not like the emma character like the majority of the movie and then but then somehow by the end it just kind of sneaks up on you i was kind of like i'm actually feeling for you like i'm pulling for you for this to all work out type thing at the end yeah you know i didn't have any investment i didn't feel invested because i never felt like there was any real problems in any of the characters lives. Harriet has more of a problem and she's probably the character you should be rooting for the most. Yeah. But I don't know. Just like that whole like scene at the end when she's like, when she gets the nosebleed and stuff and it's because she's like, Oh shit. Like Harriet, like my friend and stuff. Like I thought that was like really sweet and stuff. So that was a cool scene. That was also very little women esque to me because having not known the Jane Austen novel, but also recently seeing a, another period piece within like what four months of each other. And uh, like the scene when Timothy Chalamet comes and is just like, I have to tell you. And like, he never actually says, I love you. But before she's just like, Nope, 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 Nope. And it's like the same thing happens here. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a, that nosebleed is not in the book or any of the other movies. That was like a new thing that they added for like more, like a little bit more comedic punch. And then I guess also to like kind of emphasize like, her anxiety for her friend. Yeah. And also probably it's, it's in her contract because she like there's blood in every movie she's in. <laughs> yeah, Probably. I think there is. If you split glass, thoroughbreds, the witch, I don't know any other ones, but those are bloody. Yeah. There's a lot in uh thoroughbreds, but yeah, no, there you go. I don't know how much, uh, how much you have left on this. I, I really liked it though. I was actually surprised how much I enjoyed it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, do you want to get into the tomato tomatoes? Yeah. Tomato, tomato, tomato. The critics are bringing this in at an 85%. 
Okay. So spot on on a B. Yeah. Tomato, the audience, they are bringing in at a 72%. So a C minus. Wow. So a B to a C minus. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, you know what? I'm going to go tomato. Mm-hmm. And I'm going dead in the middle. I gave it a C plus. Okay. I had a feeling you were going to score this this lower than me. I just had a feeling. Yeah. I'm also going tomato, but I went a B plus. Wow. Yeah. See, for me, I, I know it's better than what I graded it at, but I'm also weighing in my personal preference on this just because it's our show and I could do what I want to. Because, <laughs> like I said, like I don't have a ton of negatives on the movie. I should grade it higher. But when I... A lot of times when I'm doing my grades, I think about the rewatchability of it and how much I really cared by the end of it because I've seen movies last year where I'm like, this isn't my type of movie, but they did a really good job making me give a shit about these characters. I never felt worried or totally invested in their lives. And I feel like everything ends up fine. Like, it's almost like there's funny stuff. There's, there's a lot of eye candy. There's a lot of really good work being done in this movie. But I don't feel like it accomplishes anything or does anything. That's definitely the novel. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, okay. But like, I will say like, it's definitely like a feel good movie and it's a feel good story. I think over like everything though, it's like a big part of the movie, at least the charm for me is kind of like the character development behind the Emma character is just like, yeah, everything ends up the way you kind of assume it's going to, or like everyone's, you know, lives happily ever after at the end. But I like that she's a character that basically has like almost no redeeming qualities. But then by the end of the movie, she ends up doing a lot of the right things and you end up liking her by the end. And I don't know if like the, you know, the intent of the movie is really to like give you something that makes you feel like you're on the edge of your seat. Like I think first and foremost, they were going for a satire. Yeah. You know, for those reasons, like, I think it did a good job with what, what the source material is and what the goal of the movie was. I got you. I think it's going to hit different for different people. I don't... Oh, I definitely agree with I that. I can see this fitting very well in kind of like a like a teen drama type thing or like a melodrama. And I'm, I'm just... I'm One, I'm not a big fan of the period, but I'm also not a fan of the genre itself. Like... If it wasn't for it being a period piece, I think Megan would actually really like this. She loves that those type of movies and that those type of like TV shows and stuff. And I just I I can't get into it. Yeah, because even going into Little Women, I thought I was gonna be in that same mood. But Little Women, the story was more. There was more to get invested in, and I, I think the storytelling was done a little bit better in Little Women. Yeah. Like, like I said, I I feel like Little Women is more like the story's more rude in the drama and like the the actual problems between the characters, whereas this one I feel like it's more rude in like the fun and like the the comedy. Yeah. So, you know, I I I hear what you're saying. I'm not like I said, I'm not a big period piece person either. I'll probably watch this again, but it's not going to be something that I turn on all the time. It might be somewhere I'm like, oh, this is streaming or something. Like I don't know if I'd buy it, but I did enjoy it a lot. Yeah. I've told a few people about it and they're like, oh, what is that? And then I was like, it's, you know, based on the Jane Austen novel. And they're like, really? Like, what's that? And then I was like, have you ever seen Clueless? And they're like, yeah, oh, I love Clueless. And I'm like, well, Clueless is based on that novel. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, it's like loosely based on it. But yeah, it's based on that. And then so that's kind of like I've had a few people be like, oh, I would actually like to watch that now. I feel like once you tell people that it's based on <laughs> Clueless was based on this novel, then they're like, oh, OK, I'll watch that. <laughs> so which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Clueless slaps though. Oh, Clueless is great. I had it on today because I was like, you know what? Let me like rewatch that. So I had that on. Paul Rudd hasn't aged a day. <laughs> no, he hasn't. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, we we did it. Yeah, man, we did do it. And this is this is a movie. I'm glad we did this because we're still reviewing movies. We're still sticking to our show. We're we're not giving in to the Rona. <laughs> not giving in. Yeah, not giving in. We're still still doing new movies, although that well's gonna dry up real soon. But also, I'm happy because Emma Lee, one of our our listeners, uh, this is one of the things that she said we should check out. So yeah, shout out shout out to you. Yeah, on our our live stream, she she asked if we were gonna do this. I feel like if more people ask yeah. if we're gonna do a certain movie or whatever, and we know there's demand, then we're more likely to like go and do it. So that was kind of 
like I was probably gonna check this out, especially with the the uh the lack of movies coming out. <laughs> but yeah, after after we saw, that, I was like, you know, maybe we should we should do an episode on it. So that was very cool. At least we know one person will listen to it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would be truly upset if even she's not listening. Yeah, she'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna skip this one. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't care. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm sure when she watched it the first time, she's like, wow, cool story, female-led. Maybe she even knew the stuff you knew. First time it's being directed by a female, written by a female. And she's like, I wonder what two straight guys in their <laughs> 30s think about this. That's what really matters. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We are the end-all be-all. <laughs> We think yeah. very highly of ourselves. <laughs> of course. Oh, wait till you hear the next episode. Should we oh, tell man. the Swampies what's, what's coming their way just so they can prepare? So they can brace. You brace yourself brace for, for impact. impact. <laughs> yeah. So much impact <laughs> in this next movie. Dude, I felt I felt the impact. <laughs> yeah, if you, want, you want to tell them what, what craziness is going on? Yeah, because, you know... This whole movie theater's being closed. A lot of movies got pushed back. Fast and Furious 9's not coming out till 2021. So we needed a way to get our Vin Diesel fix. So we fucking saw Bloodshot. <laughs> so we're going to tell that, you all that about was it. it. I was definitely sitting there like, man, can we just do any Vin Diesel movie? I need my Vin Diesel fix. I'll watch Triple X, the fucking return of Xander Cage if I need to. <laughs> oh, dude, you sent me that clip and I'm like, I got to check out this whole movie. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're doing Bloodshot. So that is going to come out next week. So um, yeah, so excitement. <laughs> yeah, keep your ears to the ground for that. Uh, we're going to record it. Uh, right now-ish. <laughs> yeah, right, right after we're done recording this episode, we're going to record that one. Yeah, so don't be surprised if our banter is real stale and we don't have anything else to talk about because we blew our load in this episode. <laughs> oh, good rhyme. Damn, that was, yeah, sick. I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> I mean, yes, Yo, I did. <laughs> Bro, that was fat. <laughs> <laughs> that was some dope <laughs> rhymes you spit in there, brah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, you swampies already know what to do. Go to two dudes Find us on social media. We're gonna be posting a lot more Instagram games. We actually saved a bunch of like the templates that we've been making for the game. So if you guys are bored, you're stuck at home, go to our page, look at our highlights. You can play some games on Instagram. We're gonna post more polls. We're gonna be looking to talk to you guys tomato tomatoes all that stuff so check that out and until then suck it you fucking swampies <laughs>